Good morning, Tabernacle of Praise. Good morning. Good morning, saints of the living God. Good morning to all of those that have decided to worship here with Tabernacle of Praise this morning. To those of you that are watching online, thank you so much for joining us. We are so glad to be in God's house one more time. We're going to ask everyone in God's house to please stand as we sing Sabbath rest. Father God, we're so grateful and thankful for your divine presence this morning. We don't take it for granted, Lord, that we're here this morning, but we're grateful, Lord, that you chose to give us breath so we can praise you this morning, Lord. We invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come in and tabernacle with us. Bind the enemy, Lord. Break every yoke, every chain, Lord, and loose the Holy Spirit this morning as we lift you up. We will see Jesus on this day. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. For it is he that forgiveth all our iniquities. It is he that healeth us from all our diseases. It is he that redeemeth us from destruction. It is he that crowneth us with good things. It is he that is merciful and slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. So let everything that have breath this morning give the Lord a praise this morning. Give him a praise because he is merciful. 
We want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise. On behalf of our pastor, Jonathan B. Fields, and First Lady, Melody D. B. Fields, we give you, I gave her a middle name too, we give you a warm tabernacle of praise. Welcome this morning. Pastor is in Indianapolis with his mother. She's being baptized. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have, you may be seated. We have a big day today. A big day, a big day. This is what you call a high Sabbath. Amen. Amen. We have after our message today, which will be given to us by Elder Carol. Amen. After we get our physical food, we're going to have our spiritual food. I mean our physical. After we get our spiritual, we're going to get the physical. Amen. And I want to thank my wife for spearheading this meal. Amen. She was going out and running to and fro yesterday, and I just praise, praise to God that she's here in her team since the Carmeline was chopping those things up, and Lynette, amen, amen. It takes hands to get things together, and I thank God for the faithfulness of his, of his saints. And after uh, our physical food, we're going to have our spiritual gifts survey today analysis so you won't leave here uh ambiguous as to what your gift is amen you will know with pinpoint accuracy what god has given you amen so we want you to you after you use those gifts after you find out what your gift is we want you to use it amen, amen. and we're gonna be going out in the community amen we're gonna minister to the homeless amen we by God's grace, we go every other week. Amen. And it takes many hands to do God's work, and we need some hands to help put some of these sandwiches and lunches together. They have the care packages, you know, with the toilet paper and the wipes and all the personal items. Those things are already together. Amen. But we need hands to help after that, and then we'll be going out. It's good to see Deacon Cliff and Brackley back in the house. Amen. We missed you, brother. He has undergone knee surgery, knee replacement. Amen. And he's still moving. Amen. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Now, uh, Sister uh, Teresa has went down to see Sister Liz Harrison, who has a pantry. And the Lord has blessed, and she's uh, going to kind of partner up with us, and she has provided some canned goods uh, for the homeless ministry. Amen. Amen. And lo and behold, Sister Linda Weaver's neighbor uh, is impressed with our church, and he has donated a lot of clothing items and different things. And I'm not talking about things that you find at the Goodwill. I'm talking about brand new items. Clothing, socks, shirts, underwear, amen. And it's been laid out, and we don't want this to be a, a, a warehouse, a storehouse. So as it comes in, we want it to go out. Amen. Amen. So if, if you know anybody, if you have needs, he said, I want the church to be blessed first. Amen. This is not just for the homeless. Amen. It's to bless God's people. So you can come down. It's in the education wing in the youth uh, room. You can uh, go down there and pick out what you need. If you know anybody that, that is in need of a wheelchair, we have a brand new wheelchair down there. Amen. 
And so this, and, uh, this week, he donated some school supplies. So praise the Lord. Our backpack might be gone, but we've got still moving. Amen. So those things are down there, and he's going to be doing this systematically. As a matter of fact, he says uh, he's going to join our church. Praise the Lord. So, saints, I want to tell you, when the saints start moving, God moves. God's just waiting on us to move. He says he has people out there just waiting. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we want to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. You know, bro Brother Andre right here. Raise your hand, Brother Andre. Brother Andre was at the bus station in Indianapolis and was heading back to St. Louis. And Sister Angela Powell shared a track with him. And that opened up a conversation. And here he is. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he's going to be going down in the watery grave. So God is just so good, saints. And so we have to keep it moving. We talked about this morning, Elder uh, Kwame uh, laid out in the elders' prayer this morning, and we talked about endurance. The race is not given to the swift nor to the strong. This is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. You have to endure. You have to go through some prolonged pain and suffering. But you can't give up. You can't give out. You see, sometimes saints will rust out and not wear out. So we want to keep it moving. We can't stop now. The race is hard. It's at the end, right before you get to the finish line. That's when you want to give up. But we got to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Amen. Because God said he will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll uphold you with his right hand. Amen. So at this time, we just want to encourage you every, every Sabbath morning at 9 a.m. We want you to tune in to our Sabbath school. Amen. Amen. And on every Wednesday, we want you to tune in at 7 o'clock for Power Hour. Amen. Invite a friend. Be electronic evangelist. Amen. Invite somebody to tune in. At this time, we will continue. Oh, I forgot about our, our uh, handouts. Amen. Outreach Ministries leader. Uh, came out with these. I want to thank Sister Rose and Sister Teresa for coming up with this design. And in Elder Tory, we are going to pass these out. It's Tory's desire for every member to have at least five. Amen. So we want to be actively involved in spreading this good news. These are just invitation cards. Amen. To open up the conversation, to invite them to come on out to the tabernacle. Of praise never alone amen suicide prevention conference day of prayer and fasting October 28th and 29th hosted by sister Lakita Carroll amen. Amen. amen amen she's leading out sister Jan uh, Gray Chris Elliott and it's gonna be some teen sessions sister Melody Fields is gonna be leading out in the teen session and Jessica Gray Ross amen so you wanna, don't want to miss that, and this flyer will be up here, and I think they'll hand out some. Amen. Let's continue in our worship.
Glad to see everyone's smiling faces. Amen. You know, as much as we need oxygen and water and food, we need prayer even more. Amen. Think about your life without prayer. Where would you be? Where would we be without prayer? Prayer doesn't bring God down to us. It lifts us up to him. And when we're in God's presence through prayer, things just seem to disappear around us. And it's just you and him, the Almighty. And it's such a privilege that we have that we can just call on God anytime. Call him up 24-7, 365. You'll never get a busy signal. All of us need prayer. There's nobody in here that does not need prayer. Older, younger, no matter who, male, female. Everybody needs prayer. At this time, I would invite those that would like to come forward for prayer, come on up. And if not, just bow your head or kneel where you are reverently as we call upon the Lord our help in our time of need. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this beautiful and blessed Sabbath day. We thank you for everyone coming out to participate in worship and praise of your holy name. We thank you for those who have tuned in online. They too need a word from the Lord this beautiful day. Lord, we thank you for life itself. We thank you for all the privileges, all the opportunities, all the loved ones that you've blessed us with. All the times that you've been with us, Lord, we thank you so much for protecting us for keeping your eyes open on us, for providing us with food and clothing and shelter, transportation and jobs, and everything that we need, dear Lord, to be successful in this world. We ask this morning, dear Lord, that you will look down upon each one of us individually and collectively, Lord, individually in our physical needs, illnesses, injuries, trials and tribulations, problems in the home, problems on the job, just a feeling of not knowing which way to turn, Lord. All of us go through these things at times, but we know that we can call upon you and that you will point the way to us. And that while weeping may come at night and endure for just a moment, that joy comes in the morning. We ask that you look down upon us collectively as well, Lord, as a church family. We pray, dear Lord, for your Holy Spirit's presence. We pray for your Holy Spirit's guidance. We pray for your Holy Spirit's power, dear Lord, that we'll be moving and doing according to your will. We ask that you will bless us with unity, unity as a church family, that we're all on one accord to spread this gospel message to all the world in this generation. We ask a blessing upon our pastor and his family also, and his mother who's given her life to you today. And we thank you for those who have given their lives to you here at the Tabernacle of Praise. And we look forward to many more guided by your Holy Spirit. We ask and pray your blessings upon each one of us here today, Lord. 
Help us each to find our way. Help us to find our way to our friends, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to invite them to come out and enjoy the blessings and benefits of knowing Jesus. Be with each one of us, dear Lord. Bless us this day with the word from on high. Continue to watch over us, Lord. Protect us from evil. And bless us to be lighthouses in our community and especially in our own homes. In the blessed and mighty name of Jesus, let everyone say amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I see this microphone trying to crowd me out here, so thank you, Teresa. Put it in its place. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so a little housekeeping first. Love it. Oh, I'm loving this, right? Invitations. Beautiful. So let's make sure we give ours out. Thank you, Outreach Team, and those who are involved today. Remember, we're going to be at our best. Helping somebody else by taking food and some um, health supplies down to the homeless. So let's everybody get out there. Let's do this thing. Let's do it with some joy. Let's do it with some happiness. Let's praise the Lord. Every person we touch, we're giving them hope and unconditional love. And that's what everybody desires and wants. We want to remember that we're going to have our 12 steps to success. Yes, we're still going on. Reaching Success for the Lord, and that's going to be um, the last weekend of this month. Um, I'm not for sure of the date I have that for you. It's probably going to be next week for sure. And then we're going to have our Never Long Suicide Prevention Conference. We're going to need some val volunteers, so I'm going to ask our church members to help us out with this. Um, I think it's going to be great, awesome. We're hitting all the areas per in person, on live stream. Thanks to Karen and Andre and everything, Amen. by the grace of God, we're going to just accept it, claim it. Everything is going to be on point. And then in December 16th, we're going to have our Christmas concert, and that is awesome. So we're going to already praise the Lord for our choir and for all those who are participating, our musicians, just thanking God for it. Now, I want to say something here. I want to just thank the church members. Just praise God for you. Last week, thank you, I sent out on our, uh, it's a text chat type of thing where you ask people to pray for something or make an announcement or whatever. Anyway, I sent out there to pray for Andre's nephew. Uh -huh. See, his nephew, who is nine years old, was given two weeks to live. He has leukemia. When I found or was told by Andre last week, after I pried into his life, you know, got into the business, um, when I was told that he, he, had, he was living already longer than they expected, I asked him, do you want to pray? Then I put it on our prayer line, and every prayer line I can get. And you know what? His, son, uh, his uh, nephew is still alive. Amen. In fact, 
He says that his, son, his nephew is doing better. So we want everybody to hear and to know how good God is to the people in this house. God is good. All the time. We give him all praise for this young man's life. And you know what, Andre? I want him to come here to visit us when he's a little stronger. Uh, maybe in the next three to four weeks, he should be a little bit stronger. Let's just praise the Lord according to God's graciousness. And God's goodness, mm -hmm. we ask for healing on behalf of this young man. Now, I don't know if you're paying attention, but the God is speaking to us. You know, the Bible talks about the, the, um, the angels, the four angels from on the four corners of the earth holding back the winds of strife. And we can see that. This week in the news, there was and there is an attempt to, you know, bring Biden in to impeach him, right? You're right. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, like, more, um, I'm going to say this. I, I'm not for sure how this, go, how this go, but Mordecai, in that situation, the person wanted to punish, punish, punish. So since Pelosi individually, unilaterally called for them to impeach Trump, they decided to do the same, that they were going to impeach him. But... The last time they tried to impeach Trump, when Trump was impeached, they put in some blockades so that it couldn't happen again. No one can unilaterally impeach anybody again. They have to have the Department of Justice, the FBI, the IRS. God is holding back the winds of, of strife for us to use our time, our talent, our temple and treasure. You can see it if you pay attention. He's holding back. There are people calling for a um, theocracy. Well, you know, God is the one that appoints himself as a theocracy. You don't get to say which church is going to lead out. That's God. They're calling for that. Now, when that happens, you know, I know that the laws are going to be against us. And so we don't have enough time to walk to the places where God tells us to go. We must run to those places. We must be about fasting and prayer. We must be about pushing further and further back those strides that's coming towards us. They are talking about, they're already taking rights. They want to rewrite history. Stuff is happening. That we think, oh, you know, it's just a little bit here. Before you know it, you won't be able to leave your house without having permission. If we're not careful, God is waiting on us. He's pushing us. He's moving us. He's want to use you. Say yes, God, today. Don't wait. Whatever you desire to do in your heart, it's a desire. God said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'm giving you this desire to go out and feed the poor. I'm giving you the desire to have that Christmas program. I'm giving you the desire to make this call. This is from God. Let's get busy. He loves us so much, and there are so many who don't know how much he loves them. He is so good. He loves us. Will the deacons come for him? And let's hold nothing back. Money is no good if you can't spend it, right? So when they make that law, all the money we've hoarded up is not going to be any good, okay? When they come in and take our houses, nothing's going to be any good at that point. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, help us. 
Help us to wake up, Lord. Help us to see the times in which we live in. Help us not to be afraid, but to step boldly in the direction and places that you put us. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name, Lord. And let whatever we do, we can never repay you, Lord, so we only can give off you our praise, our thanks, in whatever ways we can do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Let the church say, Amen. Amen.
church say amen? Can you think of a better name than holy? What more needs to be said about God? Just holy. 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 Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. Thank you, musicians. God is truly good. Amen. You know, it always amazes me that when it's my time to speak, when I'm blessed to speak, how quickly the time goes by. <laughs> you know, I know if I weren't speaking, it'd probably be 1130. But it's a privilege and an honor to stand before God and speak a word for him, not for me. If I'm just speaking for me, y'all can leave. <laughs> but when I'm speaking for God, it's going to be something blessed. You know, it's uh, very interesting. Lakita loves listening to the news, watching the news, anything. She likes to keep on tap of what's going on. But me, I don't really care. <laughs> I know stuff's happening, but, you know, I got too much else I'm working on. But she likes that kind of thing. But I do know, especially in larger cities, that crime continues to rise. In St. Louis, it rises, too, if... Uh, if you read the papers, you'll see that crime constantly going up. And people are doing this thing where they just like to steal, you know. And even criminals hate thieves because it's like a cowardly act to sneak into somebody's house at night and take all their hard-earned belongings. So I was, I was reading this story about the burglar snuck into somebody's house late at night. And as he was stealing all their precious belongings, he heard a voice say, Jesus is watching you. And he was like, oh, my goodness. And he looked around, and he shined his light over in the corner, and he saw a parrot in a cage, and he said, did you say something? And the parrot said, Jesus is watching you. And the guy was like, a talking parrot? I never heard of such a thing. What's your name, parrot? And the parrot said, my name's Moses. And he said, Moses? <laughs> What kind of stupid name is that for a parrot? What kind of stupid, crazy people would name a parrot Moses? And the parrot looked at him and he said, the same stupid, crazy people that would name a 150-pound Rottweiler Jesus. <laughs> yeah, y'all have to think about that one. Huh? <laughs> you know, it's very interesting how God works in mysterious ways. And he's always gifting us, blessing us, the scripture says, every single day. Today I want to point out how many blessings God has given you. And some of the blessings you don't even realize it. So our scripture, scripture reading today is Exodus 4, verses 1 through 17. And it's talking about Moses as God is calling him to be his spokesman. So if you would, please stand with me as we read the holy word uh, responsibly. I'll read the odd verses, you read the even. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they would not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take 
that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. And it shall be if they did not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you should take water from the river and pour it out on the dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomsoever else you may send. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. All together, and you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the sign. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Dear Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to stand before your people to give the word, not only to them, but to myself, as well as to all those listening. Bless us, dear Lord, to hear your voice and to follow where you lead. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. amen. So we're going to do expository, which is you go to a spot and then you work on that spot and stay there. So in verse 1, Moses not the parrot, started right out making excuses. He didn't even let God's words cool off before he started telling why he couldn't do the things or do what God was calling him to do. And many times when God calls us into his vineyard, we start making excuses off the bat too. We make excuses to cover our fear of failure and even our fear of success. And you know, we sometimes do the same thing at our jobs too. Soon as your boss wants to promote you or give you more responsibilities, oh, no, I can't do that. That's, that's just not something that I can do. Uh, no, I, I, my wife, she, she uh, won't allow me to have any more time away from home. Uh, I'm just not good at dealing with people like that. You, do you know why salespeople are taught to use open-ended questions? Because it's so easy to say no. 
If I asked you, would you like to buy a ring? No. Would you like to buy a car? No. It's just that easy to say. So they're taught to use open-ended questions. Ma'am, diamonds come in so many different colors. Which particular color do you like best? Or sir, vehicles are compact, mid-size, or SUV. Which one do you prefer and why? So that you don't have time to just instantly say no. So when God is calling us to do some things, you got to fight that urge to immediately say no. Uh, brother so-and-so, I want you to lead out. No, I, I just can't do it, Lord. I'll pick somebody else. Sister so-and-so, I want you, um, uh, can't so-and-so do it? She's already doing it. Let her keep doing it. Just making excuses. But what we have to do is recognize who our real enemy is. The devil. God is not our enemy. Our church family is not our enemy. Your immediate family is not your enemy. So when we recognize those things, then we can focus on defeating the real enemy and not have all the backbiting or the name calling in public that we tend to do because our goal is not to hurt each other. Our goal is to witness to God. And when we recognize who the real enemy is, then we can focus and say yes when God calls us. In verse 2 and 3, God told Moses to use what is in his hand. God created that rod just like he created you. He created you and me and everyone else on this planet to do his glory and for your benefit as well. And do you realize that God has given you everything that you need to be successful, not only in this world but the world to come? You don't need anything else. You already have it. What's holding you back is that fear I was mentioning. Fear of success and fear of failure. Fear of what God can do through you. Because we don't plan to be heroes. The people that you read about in the scriptures, they didn't plan to die for Christ. They didn't plan to be prophets or priests or prelates or whatever. But God used them. They allowed him to use them. So you don't think that you're going to be a hero, but how do you know what God can do through you? We have to recognize that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and we have access to Holy Ghost power. If you look at yourself, you don't have any power to do anything. None of us in here has power to do any and everything that we want to do. And so we have to recognize that God is the one that gives us the power. When God asked Moses, what's that in your hand, Moses? Oh, this, this is just a stick I found on the side of the road. You want it? You are not just a stick God found on the side of the road. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have been endowed with a beautiful computer mind that can think great thoughts and, and dwell, discuss great mysteries. You have a body that's fearfully and wonderfully made. God is on your side. You can communicate directly with the Almighty. You're not just a stick on the side of the road. You're a child of the King, and God wants you to let everybody know it. We don't have to be afraid to tell people that God has blessed us. Has God blessed you today? God has blessed you to even be here. We're not even counting all the other blessings throughout your how many years of life. 
So don't be afraid to tell people. It's not bragging when you're talking about God. They used to have this show, you might remember, Joe, uh, Western, this, the, son, the Guns of Will Sonnet. You remember that show? And he would always talk trash to the other gunslingers. And then he'd say, no brag, just fact. That's how it is with God. When you are talking about God's blessings, it's not bragging, it's just a fact. If he's blessed you with a new home, it's a fact. If he's blessed you with a beautiful spouse, it's a fact. You're not bragging, you're testifying. And that's what God wants us to do. Verse 4 through 7, talking to Moses, the question is, what can I do? What can I do, Lord? I just have this stick. So God told Moses, put your hand inside your shirt. And when he pulled it out, he had leprosy. And then he said, put it back, and the leprosy was gone. And God was just showing Moses that he has more ability than Moses even knew about. God wants you to know that you have more ability within you than you even recognize. How many times have you wanted to do something and then you say, yeah, I can't do that? How many times have you wanted to join the choir and say, nah, I can't keep up, they're too good? How many times have you wanted to be the PM leader or the outreach leader and you say, no, let brother so-and-so do it, he's been doing it the last 50 years? How many times have you took the step to take a risk at your job and ended up doing great at it? How many times did it take you before you finally went to college and passed? But we're held back by those fears. But God is opening our eyes and letting us know we have great capabilities within us when we allow him to use our human abilities for his purposes. And it's sometimes shocking to you. When God shows you something you can do and you never thought about it, and you're like, man, wow, I didn't, I didn't know I could do that. That's just so surprising to me. Don't be surprised, because without God, we can't do anything. He says, I am the vine and you are the what? And without me, you can do nothing. But with our human effort and our faith in God's power, we can do amazing things. God says in Jeremiah, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of peace, not evil, to have a bright future. So when God is thinking thoughts of peace, we don't have to be afraid. When God is thinking good thoughts for us, we don't have to be worried. And when God has plans for a bright future for you, what are you afraid of? The reason people are afraid, because they don't know what's coming next. If you knew what was coming next, you wouldn't be scared, would you? You'd prepare for it. You'd be ready. But we get afraid because I don't know what's going to happen. If I go out that door, I don't know what could happen. So we're afraid. But again, when you know God has great plans for you, and he's covering your life, and he's watching over you, what are you afraid of? I had mentioned to a person, I said, when we really believe that God has our lives in the palm of his hands, then we are literally, only by God's grace, immortal until he says we're not. 
You're not going to die until he says it's your turn. So you don't have nothing to worry about. And if you know and believe that God has your best interest at heart, what are you afraid of dying for anyway? Some people say they're not afraid of death. They're afraid of dying. Don't know how they're going to go. Don't know if it'll be illness, a car wreck, or what, or old age. But if you know that God has your time of death already in his mind, it don't make no difference to you what you do. You want to be careful. You don't want to be stupid. But you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid to succeed. You don't have to be afraid to fail. You just want to put forth your 100% effort for God's work. In verse 8 and 9, God was telling, talking to Moses, and he said, If they don't believe the first sign I give you, or the second, I got more stuff I can do. God has a million more ways to do things than you can even think of. If you think of one way, God has a million ways. And we're so stuck in our mindset that we think this is the only way it's going to happen. You're missing out on blessings. Because you can't see the end from the beginning like God does. God knew the beginning before it ever began. So he knows exactly where your life's going to be. Do you realize that God knew Adam and Eve would sin? He knew exactly how many righteous people were in Sodom. He knew how many plagues it would take before Pharaoh would give in. He knew Judas would be a traitor. He knew when you were born. He knows every ability and talent and skill that you have. And he knows the best way to use those talents to reach other people. Our job is to let people know God is love. Don't worry about how he's going to do it. How he's going to work it out for you. Just know that God is God. As children, we all listen to our parents for the most part, right? <laughs> for the most part. We listen to our parents as children. We listen, to our we listen to our parents because they knew more than we know. We listen to our teachers because they knew more than we know. We listen to our supervisors because they know more than we know. Husbands, we listen to our wives because they know more than we know. Do you realize that God knows more than you know? So why don't we just do what he tells us? What is wrong with us that we can't recognize that God knows everything? Why am I arguing? What do I have to say to God that's going to change his mind? There's a saying that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The truth is, the teacher has always been there. You just weren't ready to listen. So when you are ready to listen, then you start hearing things that you didn't hear before. So there's times in everyone's Christian life where God is calling them, come on, come on, come on. And we just don't hear them because we're not ready. But then when we start listening and we mature as Christians and we believe God is in control and we don't have any fears, then we hear his voice. And he says, go ye therefore, and we just go. And we get to the point where we're mature Christians that when God says jump, we don't ask how high. We just start jumping. And we keep jumping until he tells us to stop. 
God brings our talents out when we're ready to accept them. So when you are ready to accept the talent God has for you, he's going to bring it out of you. And it's going to be a real blessing as you serve him. In verse 10 to 12, Moses was still scared and was still trying to tell God what to do. God, you need to do this. God, you ought to, you should have, you could have, you would have. God knows how to be God. You can't out God, God. He knows what he's doing. You don't. You don't even know what you're doing down here on earth. God knows what's going on in all the universes, every last galaxy, every person's thoughts. What you going to do? There's nothing you can do. But Moses kept trying to run it. But Romans 9.20 says, who are you, human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? Why do you make me like this? How come you couldn't do a better job? Why didn't you make me this tall? Why did you make me this way? Or this color? Or this kind of hair? Can a lump of clay tell the potter what to make? Everybody took that basic pottery in school. And did you just throw the lump of clay on the table and then ask it what it wanted to become? No, the potter shapes the clay. God shapes us. We don't shape God. And that's the beauty of it because God knows exactly what he wants to shape. Some of us have different talents than others. Some of us look different than others. Some of us can do different things than others. But God knows exactly what he gave you and why he gave it to you. Many times we're just afraid of what God is going to do through us. So we get nervous. And the way that people handle being nervous is trying to control everything. If I can control everything, I don't have a reason to be nervous, right? So we even want to control God with our prayers. If you say, Lord, please bless me with a beautiful husband, a handsome husband, that's enough. Let God deal with all the details. But we want to tell God exactly what we want. Lord, bless me with somebody who's six foot three, muscular, handsome, filthy rich, and a Christian. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, I'm already taken. <laughs> but there's somebody out there for you. We could just be happy asking God for what we need without telling him how to do it, what to do it, and when to do it. Just like God did for Moses, he'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you when to say it. And he'll tell you how to say it. So all we have to do is cooperate with God. When we hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. God tells us that because every time you harden your heart to his voice, you hear it even less. The Holy Spirit speaks in small, still, small voice. He's not shouting and hollering and kicking you. Still, small voice. So think of it, parents. When you tell your son, little Johnny, pick up your clothes, he don't do it. 
Little Johnny, pick up your clothes. Little Johnny, pick up your clothes. Boy, I told you pick them clothes up. The Holy Spirit don't do that. He's going to talk to you, and every time his voice gets smaller and smaller and smaller till you no longer even hear him. Don't harden your heart when God's telling you to do something. It says, blessed be the Lord who daily, daily loads us with benefits. Every single day, he's not just giving you one or two. He's loading you full of benefits. Every single day. So what we need to do, folks, stop trying to run everything. Don't you hate people that try and run everything? Can you save something for the rest of us? Why would you want to run everything anyway? It's too much work. It's too hard. Nobody's brain is that big except God's. So stop trying to run God's business. Just deal with your own business. As the saying says, just let go and let God. Let go of your preconceived notions. Let go of your personal desires and selfish interests. And let God be God. I guarantee you won't go wrong. In verse 13, you won't believe this. God was angry at Moses. Didn't it say that? God got angry at Moses for his lack of dependence and his lack of trust and not believing that God was going to take care of him. But it is such a blessing that God is so merciful that he takes into account our sinful leanings and our, infl our inflexibility. So he said, okay, Moses, all right, all right. I'm going to fix you up. You got all these excuses. I'm going to take care of it. Aaron, your brother, he's good at talking. So he brought Aaron in like Moses' spokesperson, like Moses' hype man, like the biblical flavor flag. So now Moses got somebody to talk for him. And when God looks at us, he knows how we are. We're frail. Human beings are really frail. We're very powerful. We're very amazing. But we can die in a second. Life ain't promised to any of us. Not a, a small germ can kill you. That's how fragile we are as humans. And God knows it. So he said, okay, Moses, I'm going to take care of that. We all got different abilities. We all have different talents. Everybody don't have to do the same thing you do. When we have church activities, church events, it's nice if the whole church goes out, Joe. It's nice if the whole church participates, but maybe the whole church don't participate. So they'll participate in the next event or the one after that. Or maybe they don't like knocking on doors. Maybe they like going out to the uh, park and talking to people, handing out literature. Maybe they like writing up prayers and sending letters of prayers to people. Maybe they like printing up bulletins and handing out bulletins. Maybe they like being head deacon. Maybe they like being head usher. Maybe they like being musician or choir director. Everybody's different. We don't all have to do the same thing. The church is called to be in unity, not uniformity. Unity, not uniformity. Uniformity is everybody does the exact same thing. Think about this. 1 Corinthians 12 illustrates the church as the body of Christ comprised of various parts. How many parts does the human body have? Anybody? Yeah, a whole lot, right? <laughs> 
more than we can even count. And people still don't know all the abilities that human beings are capable of every time a new record is broken, every time somebody sets a new standard, because that's how amazing our bodies are. It says, now you, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So as a group, we are the body, but we're individuals. As a group, we're the body of Christ, but we're still individuals. Just like when you get married, the two become one, you're still two individuals. You're one in purpose, one in direction, one in goals, that type of thing. But you're still two specific individuals. It says that God set some in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healing, help, government, tongues. All those are different gifts that people have. Nobody has all of them. You might have one. Somebody else might have two. But all those gifts are used to God's glory. And he gives us a gift by his grace because he knows what's going to work for us. He didn't give this person a certain gift because that's not what he wanted to give them. It's not going to work for them. But he gave somebody else this gift because that's what's going to be a real blessing to them. It also goes on in Ephesians 4.11. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry. Ministry simply means ministering or serving others. It's not a big special, special word. Serving. That's what Christ came to do, right? To serve. It's our duty to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. So the church is called to be a unified organization serving humanity. Unified. Serving humanity. Working together. But I want to let you in on a little secret. Without unity, there is no unification. You can't be unified with others until you're unified by God's Holy Spirit. And once you're in unity with God's Spirit, then you can be in unity with others. But we're trying so hard to be unified, but we're not in unity with God first. It's an interesting principle, and nobody really thinks a lot about it because we just think, oh, if I want to be unified... All I got to do is hang out with these folks a little more and we can go bowling and we can uh, talk on the phone. That ain't how it works. Unity comes from inside. You and God first. You have to put self aside to become unified with somebody else. And that is the hardest part to do, putting yourself aside for somebody else's benefit. And once we do that, you know the devil's going to keep us fighting, right? That's his job. He's good at it. No problem with that. But God is better at his job. And he's calling us to be unified. And the devil knows that when we become a unified group, won't be no stopping us. There won't be no stopping God's church. When you think back to the early Christian days, the apostles were unified. They had one goal, spreading the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And look at how the whole world changed. And it can be the same way now, but we have to put self aside. We have to put God first. And then we can become unified and become just as powerful of an organization as the apostles were. The Lord says greater miracles shall be done at this time than what was done in the past. 
And sometimes we see God's spirit flashing through. When you see people baptizing 3,000 or 1,000 folk, it's not the pastor. Pastors have a job. Pastors have a ministry just like each one of us. It's God's Holy Spirit working through that unified group of people. In the last verse, God spoke through Moses, and he wants to speak through you now. Jesus came to give gifts to the world. He said, in that you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto him. So when you minister or serve someone else, it's just like serving Jesus. It's the same thing. When you go out and do homeless ministry, you're serving Jesus. When you go to do outreach ministry, you're serving Jesus. When you minister in music and in song, you're serving Jesus. When you minister as an usher or a deacon or a Sabbath school teacher, you're ministering to Jesus. And the thing about it, too, God has given each of us a specific talent or talents to minister wherever you are, whenever you are, whoever you're around, you have a chance to minister each and every day. Each and every day. Most of the time we think of a pastor as a minister. That's his title. And we say the pastor, he ministers once a week on the Sabbath. You can minister every single day. You don't have to wait till Sabbath to do good works. That's a lot of people's excuse. Oh, the Sabbath is for good works. What about the other six days of the week? You supposed to mistreat people? No. Minister seven days a week through whatever God, uh, talent God has given you to bless you. And recognize this too. Anything you do can be ministry. And it don't have to be voluntary. Every time you hear the word minister, you think involuntary. It don't have to be voluntary. God blessed you with a talent. You can use it in the church. You can use it out of the church. Anything that you do to lift humanity out of the tricks and the traps that the devil has put us in, you are ministering. Anytime you are doing something kind to someone, helping someone learn something, giving someone some uh, funding or some food or some clothes or teaching them a skill or witnessing, whatever you do, that's a ministry. God told Moses, take this rod and do great things. God has given you talents and abilities to do great things. And he's telling you, take this rod of administration, take this rod of musicality, take this rod of organization, this rod of hospitality, this rod of evangelism, this rod of Bible study ability, whatever rod God has given you, he's telling you now, Take it and do great things with it. He's not telling you to do it later. He's telling you to do it right now. Now is the acceptable day. Now is the day of salvation. Don't let it pass you by. If you miss an opportunity to minister to someone, what happens if that person dies the next day? And you say to yourself, man, I should have said something. I should have done something. I should have listened to God and just did it. Well, you don't want to have to say that, right? So when God says do it, what? Just do it. Nike didn't invent that slogan. God invented it. Just do it. I'm telling you what to do, Moses. Just do it. Stop making excuses.
I remember in college, I was at the gym playing basketball. And uh, this guy, I didn't know this guy, but he was like six foot four. He was like a high school recruit in basketball. So I was out playing, and the dude comes to me and says, the girls are playing down at that end. <laughs> I was like, ain't this a... <laughs> no, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. So I made it my point to stop him. I said, I got this dude. So I put 100% of my effort into it, and I was everywhere. They tried to throw in the ball, I was there. He tried and drive, I was there. He tried to shoot, I was right there. I even blocked a guy's shot. My team won. After the game, I looked at him, I said, the girls are playing down at that end. <laughs> I was a winner. You can be a winner. But I wasn't a winner just because we won the game. I was a winner because I gave 110% of my effort and talent to that goal. I was a winner because I rose to the occasion to accomplish what I wanted when I was called upon. I was a winner because I persevered and used my gifts to the best of my ability, not your ability, my ability. Now you can quote me on this. Haters gonna hate, but winners gonna win. You are a winner when you give 100% of your effort towards God's work. You are a winner when you focus and rise to the occasion that God is calling you to rise to. You are a winner when you are ready to persevere and use your gifts for God's glory. Are there any winners in the house today? Do you want to use your gifts for God's glory? Are you going to give 100% towards God and what he asks you to do? If you are, then please stand with me because God is calling all of us to be winners on the battlefield for him, spreading the gospel message that God is love. Loving Father, we thank you so much for the blessed word reminding us that we're all winners through Christ Jesus. He has already won the war, but we still have some battles to fight. But through your power, Lord, used with our faith and our human abilities and talents that you've blessed us with, we can be more than conquerors through him who gave his life for us. We ask and pray that you will be with us, Lord, and do us with your Holy Spirit's power and presence. Bless us to use the talents, Lord. Help us to find our talents. Help us to know where you want us on the battlefield. Give us the words to speak. Tell us when to speak it and how to speak it. Bless us to be faithful witnesses for you and to give us the privilege, the honor, and the glory to minister for you each and every day of our very lives. In the blessed name of Jesus, let everyone say Amen and amen. Now remember after dinner today, we're going to do the very quick uh, spiritual gift survey. We want everyone to participate, and I guarantee you're going to be surprised at all the gifts that God has blessed you with. Amen, amen. Amen. Let's give Elder Carol a big amen. Praise the Lord for that powerful message. Using what God has given us, what a beautiful segue for today's, this evening's service. And as he said, we have prepared a, um, a meal downstairs, a light meal. Amen. It's not the Thanksgiving meal, but this is a light meal. <laughs> we don't want you to just go to sleep. Just stay vigilant. Amen and sober. So let's stand as we have our benediction.
Father God, truly, you spoke to your manservant. And we pray, Lord, that we will so commit ourselves to you, Lord. And I try and out God you, Lord. But trust you, Lord, that you have equipped your people, your church, to finish this mission, Lord, to go out and tell the world about Jesus. This is our prayer in your holy name. Amen. Jesus, tell him about his love.